0: Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy, well, it's been called in The Zone TV chat and other places, Melancholy Monday. Happy, do you wish someone a happy Melancholy Monday? I hope you
1: get through Melancholy
0: Monday. You know, condolences for Melancholy Monday. I don't know. I mean, if you're listening, you're drawing breath, and the sun's shining, it still came up today. By the way, uh, I mean, if you're listening, you probably know what happened with the Titans yesterday in the rain. They're still in first place in the AFC. They're still in first place. In the, yet, they're still in first place in the AFC. Oh, by the way, they do get the hottest team in football next. So they have to go to play the New England Patriots. As many have pointed out, though, Mike Vrabel has has has, has had a nice run against his former head coach. So uh, he will not engage in really any discussion about that. But uh, um, he has had the best of Bill Belichick in a couple of situations. Uh, one here, one up there in the playoffs. Um, maybe some other news if you call it Lucas Panzica's. Um, By the way, Alex Apple filling in for uh, Blaine Bishop today. The hitman getting a little R&R this Thanksgiving week. Uh, And Alex, as we start the second hour, as Lucas pointed out, maybe some good news Uh, from Ian Rappaport. A.J. Brown, who left Sunday's game with a chest injury, had negative x-rays on his ribs. Uh, Rappaport reports he'll have more tests today, meaning today, Monday. Those can sometimes show more damage, but promising early returns. That's a good thing, I would imagine, because you – Certainly need A.J. Brown if you're going to try to win some some football games.
1: Which is huge. My wife is a big Patriots fan. She's from Rhode Island. Her, My father and mother-in-law are big Patriots fans. We're going up to the game this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you've fallen into a real marquee matchup. When I brought the tickets before the season, I wasn't necessarily sure of that. But I watch as much Patriots as I watch Titans. I pretty much watch every game. And you could really use A.J. Brown in this matchup to state the obvious. But the reason being, Bill Belichick likes to take away the one thing that you do really well. They probably would have loaded the box to stop Derrick Henry had that been, um, you know, something the Titans still had in their toolbox. It's probably A.J. Brown this weekend, and that means putting J.C. Jackson on him, who's become one of the best corners in football. He returned to pick six this past weekend. Their defense is scoring just as well as their offense almost. So A.J. Brown's presence out there not only Helps Ryan Tannehill, obviously, but it also opens up some, some things where maybe you can get Chester Rogers or Nick Westbrook or somebody schemed up in order to find a way, you find some sort of semblance of a mismatch and try to get some confidence and some continuity on that offense. Or the thing that you've got to do is move A.J. Brown around enough to make the... the. Um, Patriots uncomfortable. But, Mickey, here's what I think it comes down to offensively. The Titans have got to run the ball. Yeah. the Whomever is producing the run left hats should stop making them <laughs> until they can get one yard. Because the inability of the offensive line to push the defense back at all is killing this team. They couldn't get one yard on several occasions yesterday. And just like somebody called in uh, with the play-action um, conversation earlier, the linebackers are not coming up. There's uh, the guy for, uh, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name, Gruger Hill, a li- Gruger, yes, yeah. linebacker for the Texans, seemed to be on Ryan Tannehill and the crossing patterns, and the Titans are best at throwing in the middle of the field all afternoon. The offensive line has got to get it done. Ask Ramon. I don't know what's happened to it. Uh, some, somebody's got to give me something because I don't understand how this offensive line, unless Taylor LeJuan and Roger Safford are just too hard to do it. Can't open up one yard running left. Now, I can understand when you got Brewer and Quisenberry on the other side, and I actually like Quisenberry. I think he's done an admirable job, and Ben Jones is dinged up. They don't have it right now with that offensive line, and that is the biggest offensive problem I see for them, because from that, everything else comes in their offense. They are who they are. They have an offense, and it requires them to have to run the ball, or at least for the defense to think you might run it.
0: Well, there was a drive you're referencing where the Titans got to the Texans 40 in the first half. Foreman had a run that was ruled a nine-yard run, which how in the world they did. That was one of the – they had trouble spotting the ball all day yesterday. I, they had, Maybe they had water in their eyes in the rain. That was one of those where everybody and their brother was like, <laughs> did he not just land right on that line across the field? Yeah, they, But they called it a nine-yard gain. Um, on second and one, Adrian Peterson ran up the middle, lost a yard. Uh, on third and two, which is one of the more bizarre things I've ever seen. They threw a one yard pass to Furkser. Right. A one yard pass. But that tells you the identity of this team is run the ball and they threw a one yard pass to the tight end. So what do they do on fourth and one? Go back to it again. And this was actually uh this was at the Houston, uh sorry, uh thirty one is where they were. They needed to get to the thirty, so not the forty. This is how deep they were in Houston territory. It's another time where they got nothing to show for it. And the next possession was when the half ran out because Tannehill grounded the ball out anyway, out out of bounds. So it was just one thing after another. But on fourth down, they ran Peterson again for no game up the middle. There was no creativity. They've
1: had great luck with Tannehill pulling the ball on a play like that. And, And it worked again yesterday, the one time that they did it. So, why don't you try that? The Texans had would you, a sim- Would you lean into that a little bit more? Because that was the difference in the game yesterday from an ability to get a critical first down when you needed it. Tyrod, to ty- and Mike very well attributed it to, they got out of their rush lanes a little bit and let him get outside. Tyrod made a couple of plays with his legs, and other than that, like, the Texans didn't have much. Their longest play was a jet sweep. Uh, would you start I, trying I, to run him? Yes, yes, it's a thousand a fine percent. line because you lose him. Okay, over. I know, and, and I, know they're the cog-
0: I know they're on. cognizant of that. But be smart. Get down, slide, run out of bounds. Don't take hits. And Tannehill will take people on, especially near the goal line. Right. If he's down there, he's going to try to finish it. He'll lower his head and lower his shoulder. They have to say there's nobody behind you. We don't know. We don't know anything about Logan. He's an awesome dude. We love him, but we don't know if he can do anything. Get protect yourself. But I say this every week. What if Tannehill would run like four or five times every game, because they're getting beat like, by for mobile twenty five yards. They're, Zach Wilson didn't try to run down the field. He just extended plays and ran and ran and pointed down the field. But they've, like the Vols, have had trouble with mobile quarterbacks. Matt Corral, they've had It's tr- the hardest thing in football to guard. Right. And especially if a team's playing any kind of man against you and everybody's running the other way, well, there's nobody around to tackle the quarterback if they don't have a spy shadowing you. So I think every week he should run more. And on a, on a day where you're having trouble counting on your arm and people are fighting in my Twitter mentions, it's, there's just fires burning. He's throwing to practice squad guys, and other people are saying, it shouldn't matter. He should be able to not throw five, you know, four intercepts so people are fighting about which one of those is more egregious, his performance, or who he's trying to perform with. Either way, if he's running the ball in some of those plays, they're going to pick up that one yard.
1: And consider what happens. Let's say in the first half in the Patriots game, the Titans come out and they're able to run the ball five times for 20 yards with Ryan Tannehill to extend three drives, get him three first downs, whatever. All of a sudden in the second half, if you've got a Dante Hightower who's staring at Ryan Tannehill more as a spy Mm -hmm. than being able to just drop into whatever zone he wants in order to take away the crosser to A.J. Brown or whoever else is out there running, all of a sudden you've taken one defender. I mean, they've got to try to force an advantage in some way to make it to where a Nick Westbrook-Akina and Chester Rogers can get open on the outside. So it's either run the ball with the running back and the offensive line buck up and open some holes, or it's got to be Tannehill, or you're going to have to scheme something up. And the I, running game is a huge, huge, huge issue. For it's them. who they are.
0: And and like we said in the, the last segment of the first hour, literally against New Orleans, even when they couldn't even when they had, tr- they were, what, 29 carries for like 66 yards in the game, but they ran it 29 and threw it 27, and that's Titans football, and right. they beat New Orleans. And a lot of it was, is, yeah, I've said this before,
1: every time you run it, it takes about 35 seconds off the clock. And I honestly think the defense, everybody, somebody called into the to Buck Show and said, you know, a couple weeks ago, the defense was carrying the offense early in the season. The offense carried the defense. Now they're just pretty much even. I don't think they were even. I thought the defense played pretty well yesterday. They had no sacks and they didn't force any turnovers. Okay. Well, they could do a better job of creating big plays. Certainly in that game against the Texans, you got to find a way. Other than that, they were pretty stingy and they're about to play a quarterback this next week that is just going to stand in the pocket. He is not mobile. He's not half the athlete Ryan Tannehill is. So you've got a chance to get sacks. And if the defense can make a couple of plays, KB step up, get him another interception, you at least have a chance with that defense right now. But you don't have a chance with the way the running game is going. My, My
0: biggest worry about playing the Patriots is what we saw in the playoff game up there with Marcus a few years ago where they threw to Deion Lewis 12 times. Were they just death by a thousand? Paper cutted the Titans with yep. Brady, who wasn't going to run and couldn't get away from the rush. Well, They'll
1: going to get the ball out
0: quick. So just, a, a, you know, a twenty-five six-yard passes is kind of the thing that it seems like it's coming. The second half, it was twelve to nothing, right at halftime. It was twelve to nothing. Here were the Texans' second half possessions. If you wonder who, who showed up, first possession, punt, hit Chester Rogers in the foot. Not bounced. It just fell out of the sky and hit him in the foot. Couldn't get out of the way. They scored a touchdown on that. They went three plays, five yards for a touchdown. Then the next possession, punt, minus two yards for the possession. Next possession, three plays, nine yards, punt. Next possession, three yards, one three plays, one yard, punt. Next possession, three plays, nine yards, punt. Hill throws another pick. They went four plays, minus four yards, made a field goal. Then they went three for minus six, on their last possession and punted. That's what the Titans' defense did to them in the second half.
1: Did you not think they should have gone for two when they scored? Um, yeah, one didn't do you any good there. Right. I didn't understand that. Did, did Was Mike Frable asked about that in the postgame show that you heard? You were on, Mickey. I don't understand why. Because you go 8-8-3, you go eight, eight, and you're at 19, right? Right. What, one didn't
0: help you. What does it do for you? It didn't do anything. And then they didn't make it, so it didn't matter. There were just so many things that I left scratching my head. All right, we, we've got to take a break. Uh, When we come back, David Beauclair of uh, Sports Illustrated covering the Titans said to join us next. We'll talk Titans with with a man we call Bokey. That's next. Blaine and Mickey with special guest host, Alex Apple, right here on 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, getting you through this Monday afternoon. 3HL will be coming up next. Titans and Texans in the rain on Sunday. The sky was crying, and today for Titans fans, David Beauclair joins us now from SportsIllustrated.com covering the Titans at Beauclair Sports. Bokey, uh, you've covered them all. I mean, you've seen, I guess, every Titans game that there is. Where do you place that game amongst the pantheon of stinkers that you've ever sat through?
2: <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not the worst. I mean, it's it's terrible in terms of, the scenario and, and losing a game but uh but you know they they were in this thing in the fourth quarter right i, I mean who when they made it 1913 who didn't think that they were going to find a way to win the game right i, I mean they they uh i've you know i've seen i've seen worse games in in terms of you know the team just kind of stopped playing and and it, and things just got uh got away from them and they, they had no answers to try and uh try and get back into it this you know this one they did get back into it they they did give themselves a chance to to win it late as they've won a whole bunch of games late here the last couple years and and uh you know it just it just wasn't their day on a lot of fronts though
0: what was your was your big and i've had more than one person tweet me something similar like as bad as they were they were in the game so that either says the texans are even worse than what they thought or this wasn't as bad an effort as the way some people viewed it. But what was your biggest takeaway? Just now that you've had 24 hours to digest this thing.
2: Yeah, I, I, I think I think that says more kind of about how bad the, the the Texans are. And my my big takeaway is that the injuries finally caught up with this team. Right? I mean, there were there were running plays in the first half where that, that were blocked up, where you thought, "Wow, you know, if Derrick Henry had his, had the ball in his hands there." That would have been a big play. That one might have gone to the house or whatever. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, Tyrod Taylor, what, completed 14 passes for 107 yards. It was a lot of three-step drops, just the quick outs and and easy throws like that. And, you know, know, Jack Rabbit Jenkins might not be – you, you know, he might not be the second coming of Darrell Revis, right? But but the one thing you know he's going to do is he's going to challenge receivers, right? He's not going to give them that, that free break off the line and, and let them just run that route. I mean, they, they missed him yesterday. They, you know, Aaron Brewer, is, is, is when he has filled in for the Titans on the offensive line, I, I almost never noticed the guy, which is sort of a good thing. Well, I, I noticed him a couple times in a bad way yesterday. and So I think they were missing Nate Davis. It, it, it's the first time. Maybe under you know, under Mike Rabel where I you know, I you know, came out of a game and you really thought they just they just didn't overcome their injury issues in this one. And then particularly, you know, not having A. J. Brown in the fourth quarter I I thought was a big problem too. I I know at least one of the interceptions, maybe two, was, you know, a miscommunication between Ryan Tannehill and Dez Fitzpatrick, where you figure, you know, if A. J. Brown's in there running that route, that that's not gonna be a miscommunication there. So you you know, you can go down the line and and pick all these spots where, you know, missing guys for the first time really really were a problem for this team.
0: David Beauclair on with us, uh, Blaine and Mickey, special guest Alex Apple filling in for Blaine today, David.
1: David, thanks for joining us, and, you know, I was looking at the stats during the last break, and I was jogging the offensive line and talking about their inability to run the ball. You know, actually, they averaged four yards a carry, 25 carries for 103 yards. I wouldn't have guessed that they made it to 100, but – You look, Peterson averaged four yards a carry, Hilliard averaged five. Maybe they should have run it more. Or I don't know. I mean, as you watched that game, did it seem like the offensive line was doing its job? I mean, you just touched on it briefly. Um, Maybe maybe it is the limitations of the guys that they've got running the football right now. You're missing your top, not just your top one, your top three running backs. But I think the offensive line is pedestrian at best right now, or at least that was my perception watching it. Twenty-five for hundred three. Yeah, maybe I, I, changes that. You know, what's your take?
2: I, yeah, I, I thought. I like I say, I, there were there were some plays early in the game that I thought the the line blocked it up really really well. I you know they I don't think they were as good at pass protection, but part of that too is you know that they were behind. I, I think the I think the number is they only ran play action five times yesterday. You know, and and you know that's one of those things. Play action doesn't work when you're down by thirteen or nineteen points in a game whatever, you know, it, it, the, the linebackers say, well, if you want to run it, go ahead. I'll, I'll wait the extra step and, uh, and, and make that play. So I, I think, uh, you know, I think, I think the, the offensive line and, and the offense in general didn't get the opportunity to do a lot of the things it does best for the, for the majority of that game. And then when you're, uh, you know, the the offensive line wasn't responsible for the interceptions and, and the fumbles and whatnot. So I, 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 yeah, I, I thought, I, you know, I, I like I said, I did notice Aaron Brewer on, on a couple of occasions that, uh, that, I, that I thought he got, he got whipped pretty badly, which, which I hadn't with him in the past. But, uh, but I, yeah, I, I thought, I thought there was, I thought more so than the last two games, there were, there were some real opportunities for big runs that, uh, that you know either that either didn't happen because maybe the running back didn't hit the hole quickly enough, didn't hit the hole going in exactly the right direction, or or just simply the fact that you know none of those running backs are Derrick Henry.
1: You know they stunk yesterday, David. I mean the the, the outcome was terrible. The weather was terrible. I want to ask you about going forward. Not that we can't go back to that game, but against the Patriots, they're going to take away something that you do best. If AJ Brown plays, maybe it's a double team or you know rotating the defense his direction. Anything that you take away from the last couple of weeks without Derrick Henry that tells you if they can focus on and press this advantage, they've got a chance to go up there to New England and win.
2: You know, I I, I think I, I think it's uh, it, you know it's, it's what we've seen the, the last couple of weeks prior is is you get off to a good start and and you make the other team chase you and 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 that sounds easy, but this is you know this is a team that. You know, it's not really built to come back right now. You know, Ryan Tannehill's not having his best season. He doesn't have all of his best wide receivers. You know, if you if you have Julio Jones and A.J. Brown and, and Anthony Ferkser playing like you thought he was going to play, then you can say, okay, being down 16 points is is not maybe that big a deal because they can throw it all over the place and, and find ways to get back. But, you know, Jones isn't in there. Brown's hurting. Berkser hasn't been the guy you expected all year and and now you take Derrick Henry out of the mix, you know, Henry's a guy too. If, if you get behind, you could stick with the run game because he can deliver a big play at any moment. Well, you 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 don't have that option right now. So, you know, the, the 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 big the big thing I think against the Patriots will be do not do not get in a hole because uh, because if if you get one dimensional against that defense and that coach, you're going to have a, you know, if we thought it looked bad Sunday, I think, you know, it could look a whole lot worse uh, against that bunch.
0: Got David Beauclair on, covers the Titans for Sports com. It's interesting, David, because in the preseason and even in practice, the story was, gosh, Ryan Tannehill's throwing interceptions. This is interesting. Yeah. And some people kind of poo-pooed it and said, well, that's just not who he is anymore. But other people said, well, if he's doing it now, What's to say he won't correct it? And here we are. They played eleven games. We're eleven weeks in, and he leads the league in interceptions right now.
2: Yeah, I mean it was the first day of training camp, Mickey. He threw he threw a couple that that you and I remember thinking to myself, I I haven't seen that guy in games make throws like that, right. you know, let alone let alone in practice and whatnot. And and it did. It it continued through the better part of training camp, and it's. Uh, uh, apparently it's uh, it's a thing this year whether whether defenses have figured him out a little bit more or or if he's doing something like the the first one and again i don't think all four interceptions yesterday were his fault necessarily the first one certainly was where you know i mean he dropped back and and the whole world knew he was looking for aj brown on that throw because he you know, he he eyeballed AJ from from start to finish, and uh, and that was that was you know that that turned into a really bad moment because that was a chance to I believe they had they had given up the first field goal. That was a chance to answer the points and and go get you know maybe go get a lead there, and uh, and that's why I say you know they they just can't fall behind. But yeah, this is you know this is this is not the same Ryan Tannehill overall that we saw in 2019 and 2020. The good news is that for the most part. He's still the guy who can lead you on a game-winning drive in the in the fourth quarter or overtime when you need it. You know we, we've seen that often enough this year too. But uh, you know yesterday was just the day that it didn't happen for him.
0: We were mentioning Derrick Henry a little bit yesterday, and maybe what he could have done in relation to what a you know a human being playing running back could do. <laughs> I stumbled across this earlier. I wasn't even looking for it. I was looking for something else, and I saw a stat he hasn't played in three full weeks and he's still tied for the league lead in touches. If that tells you anything about how much it already seemed like an exorbitant amount of touches for him. David, he's missed three games and he's still tied for first in touches in the NFL.
2: Yeah, it, it's, uh, I, and I, you know, like I've, I've had people say, well, the coaches, you know, coaches are crazy. They, you know, they did this to him and whatnot. I mean, what, what were you going to do? I mean, he's, he's the best player on your team. You're trying to win games and, and, he's given you no indication, you know, yeah, there's all this history that that it's too many touches over the last couple of years and too many touches this year and all that. But, but Derek Henry had, had given you no indication that, that he's an ordinary guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, guess what? He breaks down and, and here you are, but that's, you know, that's sort of, that, that's sort of the plight of running backs in the nfl it has been forever you know you 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 keep getting the ball until you prove you can't do something with it either because your production declines or or you physically break down and unfortunately for the titans uh you know they he physically broke down but uh but you know he he did enough that that this team can still win the division and uh and, and still get a home playoff game maybe maybe even finish first in the conference, although. You know those those things seem seem a lot less likely right now today than they did a week or so ago.
1: And so they've got to beat the Patriots, David, before they head into the bye. But have you ever seen a team more ready for a bye than this group appears to be? <laughs> you
2: know, I you know I I asked Mike Vrabel today, as a matter of fact, that you know when when the schedule came out, did did he expect twelve games in a row to start the season to be as physical a grind as as it's turned out to be for this bunch and. And, and he said, you know, I, I don't know that I really thought about it one way or the other. Just, you know, knew knew we were going to have to play the games, we, you know, whatever a coach would say. But, uh, you know, there, you, you think back last year, remember this team had to play 13 straight at the end of the year. And it was, you know, it was really good in the early part of those 13 straight and then I think finished five and five in 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 the last ten was just a you know mediocre team down the stretch there. You know the good news good news for this bunch is that you know there is an open date coming that that there is a chance to to take a week off and and get refreshed and then uh, and see if you can't you know ramp it up or to what degree you can ramp it back up here for the uh, for the final five games of the, the regular season and into the playoffs then.
1: And so, to our knowledge, there's not that many guys really for all the injuries that are out for the season. So we're looking at a roster that two weeks from now could could look a quite bit different. I mean, is it wrong for Titans fans to expect there to be some some serious healing over that bye week? I mean, is that rose you know, a blue color two tone blue colored glasses that we're looking through?
2: No, I, I I mean I I I'm sure that's very much part of the plan right now. And you know, no one no one has said it on the record or off the record to me um but uh you know the the decisions to put Julio Jones and, and Bud Dupree on uh, on injured reserve in in consecutive weeks i think has everything to do with the fact that you know this team had a big lead in the division this team is you know had the most wins in the afc they they had given themselves a margin for error where they can say you know what you guys take more than a week take you know take 3 weeks take 4 weeks whatever it is get yourself as healthy as you can for the, uh, you know, and, and we'll have you when we need you now, what, you know, whatever happens between now and then, you know, we'll, we'll deal with it. But, uh, the the question is how healthy, you know, are, are those guys, for example, going to get, you know, those are, those are the two biggest ones right now, but, you know, cause Jones obviously only played nine games last year and, and, you know, you know, kind of dialed it. Down. They kept him under wraps early in training camp. The first day he was really a full go. He hurt himself, right? And then, and then he uh, hasn't been able to string together three or four games played this season. So, uh, uh, you know, can can he be something close to the Julio Jones we all think about? I don't know if if he can. That's certainly good news for the Titans. You know, Bud Dupree. I, I don't think anybody ever thought he was going to be a 100% this season you you know you give him credit for the, the the courage and the strength he has shown for playing as much as he has to this point but uh you know it can can they get him to 90% of Bud Dupree or is it going to be 80% I I don't know but uh you know and, and what is that you know what is that going to give you certainly you're hoping it's going to give you more than one sack which is what he has to this point in the season so you know those yeah there there are opportunities there but uh but it 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 it's not a guarantee either. I guess is the best way to put it.
0: David Beauclair, our guest, covers the Titans for uh, SI dot com. So put on your your Todd Downing hat for a minute. I know it's supposed to be by committee, and who's the hot hand? I I get all that, but you're distributing distributing running back carries and throw Hilliard in the mix right now. How are you going to do that against the Patriots?
2: Yeah that that's a uh, that that's a really good question. I. Uh, you know i think everybody wants adrian peterson to to sort of do enough to say okay he's he's the number one guy and and you're just not seeing it quite yet and, you know dante foreman is is a guy who you know i think he is what he is he's a, he's a he's a decent enough player you know can give you 7 to 10 carries a game but is is he ever going to be a guy that, that that gives you 25 good quality carries in a game i you know i don't know he's been around the league long enough and and hasn't done that yet so i you know i don't know why you would you would expect that and, you know hilliard had a nice game yesterday kind of kind of made everybody not miss jeremy mcnichols so much but uh but a little guy i don't you know i don't think especially against a defense like the patriots i don't think you want to be slamming him up in there uh, a whole bunch of times so i you know i guess the the hope is that that Thirty-six-year-old Adrian Peterson can keep getting getting a little better, a little back, a little more back into rhythm, and, uh, and and see if he can see if he can put together a, a couple of good games here down the stretch. Although I'm, you know, personally I'm I'm kind of skeptical about that, and I think we're probably just going to see more of this. Uh, you know, every couple series we're going to going to change these guys out.
1: Okay, so set expectations for us, David. Thanks for uh, hopping on with us today, David Beauclair. Over the next month. You've got three games in a bye week. A successful next month for the Titans looks like what? I mean, are you still pining for a 3-0 and record? Would you take 2-1 and with great recovery? I mean, where do you uh, kind of reset this Titans season over the next month, and how will you judge progress?
2: I, I think at this point you just want to stay ahead of the Colts, right? And, and you have you have the tiebreaker with them by by virtue of two head to head wins, but you still, you know, you, you just want to keep it one game ahead of the Colts. If if you can get if you can get to the playoffs, knowing that you have a home playoff game where you can you can settle in, you know. Feel like you're gonna feel like you're gonna win a game where you know you certainly should be favored at home in the postseason. All that I think, I, I think that's the I think that's the big thing. And, and to your earlier question, Alex, you start getting some of these guys back. You know the, the the injured reserve list has been what fourteen, sixteen, eighteen players for for weeks now. You know you you get that down to to ten or maybe under ten. You know some of these guys aren't eligible to come off at this point but uh you know you get that down to a manageable number you you still have the lead in the division then i think uh then i think you you can feel good about uh about what you've done over these these next couple couple of weeks we've got coming up here well david we
0: always feel good having you on the show man thanks as always for <laughs> the time people need to follow you on twitter at beauclair sports or uh si.com covering the titans there thank you sir
2: I appreciate it, Mickey. You guys have a great day.
0: Thanks, David. David Beauclair, one of the OG Titans reporters. Uh, Speaking of OG stuff, in the football world, an old friend is returning. And an old version of an old friend is returning. And I am very skeptical. Skeptical. I just made up a word. (laughs) I'm very skeptical, too, about its future. We'll share that next. Blaine and Mickey, special guest, Alex Apple, 104.5 The Zone. Playing a Mickey, 104.5, the zone. The sun is shining. We're going to be okay. Everybody, you're going to be okay. Titans are 8-3. and three. I know it was ugly yesterday. I wrote this down, though, when I came in. Let's say the Titans had lost to the Cardinals, the Rams, Kansas City, or Buffalo, or one of those indie games, and they'd won yesterday to get to 8-3, and three, and they were on top of the AFC. you think today would have any of the same feel that it does right now? I mean, they'd still need a bye week, and they're still beat up. But – Eight and three is still eight and three. It's just how you get there and what the most recent action is that happened to get you there that I think has people in such a way today. But um, still eight and three. You do have to play a hot team in the Patriots, though. This week they've won uh, five straight, and a lot of good things are happening for the Patriots uh, right now. Mac Jones, uh, seven touchdowns, two interceptions in the five-game win streak. A lot of people talking about they've got like 13 turnovers forced in the five-game win streak. So we'll continue to talk about all this. We'll continue to talk Titans. I'll tell you about the old friend who has returned to your football world. But in the meantime, plane tracking. <laughs> plane tracking season. Because here's Sir's the deal season. if you need a coach, the reason teams are canning their coaches now after week four or five or eight or whatever it is, you got early signing period, which is about to happen yeah. in December. You got to get the hay in the barn. So you can't afford to wait anymore right. to the old signing day. So everybody in hyperdrive and, uh,
1: Planes flying to Louisiana—is that right? That's right. Well, it's so actually, I told you during the break that the plane was in in Lafayette, Louisiana. The Gators plane is being tracked by every internet sleuth I'm sure that cares at all about Gators football. Oh, I love it. Actually, that it is lit- It is literally on a direct path to Lafayette, Louisiana, but it has landed in Panama City, Florida. So they turned turned a little bit for a loop. I don't know who's in Panama City. Maybe they're meeting a Billy Napier halfway. But I will also add this context. I went to TCU. I still know a lot of people that are in the loop down there, and TCU was keenly interested in Billy Napier. They're going to hire Sonny Dykes. I'm 99% sure of that. I think that that's all but done. That's not you know out there yet, but there you go. Now it's out there. Um, But I think that there was some speculation that Napier's hesitancy to take a TCU job wasn't because he already knew that the LSU job was out there. If he wanted that job, he'd already been talking to them about it. Mm -hmm. But because the Florida job might have opened up. So it makes me wonder. I mean, he's been in the Sun Belt there and turned down a lot of people for a while. Um, This, of course, the Louisiana Lafayette head coach, Billy Napier, uh, maybe the next Florida head coach. Nobody,
0: and I'm going to say this, Nobody has bet on themselves in recent coaching history more than Billy Napier.
1: Very true. There's no And telling he continues to win.
0: There's no telling. Well, I just mean like, yeah, he's winning at the, the school I refer to as Ooh La La, the mm-hmm. University of Louisiana, Lafayette. Ooh La, La they're a big rival of my school. He's winning at Ooh La, La They're recruiting at the highest level you can recruit at Ooh La La. But here's right. the thing. He's turning down everybody every year. He's linked to everything. No, no. Turns it down, turns it down. As you said about TC, that's a great job. Turned it down. Turn it, I'm betting on Billy Napier. This dude's got a couple of things. And for the longest time, we all thought it was LSU. I talked to a big LSU booster recently, and the guy was like, "I just don't think, I don't think in in, in Louisiana that LSU can hire Lafayette's coach. coach. Yeah. And looked themselves in the mirror. He said, "Even if he's the right guy, who does he think the LSU guy is then? So a lot of people down there like Dave Aranda. There's a lot of people just like Dave Aranda, history and all that kind of stuff, and the fact that he's winning like he's winning at Baylor. Right. But he said, I I, I don't know if he's got the, the juice to get it. So, I, I don't See, know. See, that's a
1: slippery slope where you you almost feel too br- big for your britches to get. I mean, I don't think anybody would bat an eye at Billy Napier's record. No. But, you, but it's just like it's Tennessee wouldn't hire Vanderbilt's coach, right? Tennessee probably could have tried to hire James Franklin at one point, and he might have at least given it a cursory look. Mm-hmm. But do you do that? You know, I, I get I get the optics there, but you got to be careful; you might miss the best guy. Well, sure, and optics matter because there's a whole lot of uh, there's a whole lot of you know what
0: flowing downhill. Because people yeah. ask me questions all the time, like, okay, how does all this stuff work? And I said, well, you got a board of trustees, then you have a university of chancellor, and then you have a director of athletics. So. What happens with the trustees matters. The trustees getting embarrassed amongst their friends get people fired, and they start calling the chancellor, and the chancellor calls the AD and says, I got too much pressure from upstairs. They've got the money raised. Go fire the guy, and we'll pay him his 7, 8, 12, whatever to go away. It all flows It all flows from the top levels. But also the we can't hire that guy flows from the top levels. We're not hiring La- Oolala's La- coach. We're just not doing it. So maybe it happens ultimately. The way, the way something that shouldn't happen in college happens is six guys turn the job down. And then all of a sudden you just hire like, oh.
1: Or you hire somebody who's the polar opposite of Lane Kiffin at Tennessee who just spurned you, so you get Derek Dooley who's dull oh. and the exact opposite. I mean, literally, you kind of go the opposite. Maybe DCU Lawrence fires Panthers. Gary Patterson. I bet you they hire an offensive guy. Look yeah. who they interviewed,
0: offensive guys. There you go. Boy, Patterson, you got your statue up and then
1: shipped out. Ooh, of that was tough. Probably should have waited for
0: that statue. Pass your statue up with your box of stuff out of your office. All right, here's the old friend that's returning. The USFL is coming back. Uh, April of 22. These things never work anymore. The original USFL was working. I'm old enough that I could bear witness to that if they'd stayed in the spring. But there were people who thought they could do, they could merge, they could could compete with the NFL. You can't. And that was 30-something years ago. You couldn't compete then. You certainly can't compete now. But if you would just find your niche, accept it. They have brought back the names of the original USFL team. Now, that's kind of cool. New Jersey Generals, Michigan Panthers, Birmingham Stallions, Houston Gamblers. Although, this year, which is smart, they're not going to be flying from city to city. They're all going to play all of their games in one city. Where is that? Uh, That's interesting. Not yet announced. It does say Well, Birmingham ton of money. is apparently in the running for it.
1: But why not? You know, if you got $5, yep. $10, 15000000 million to burn, start you a spring football league. What do you have to lose? Eight teams to play a
0: 10 game schedule. I'm all in. Huh. I watch it.
1: But you I, watch it? See, I don't watch I, it. I watch every I, spring love football, football league I until it dies. I watch all kinds of football in the, in the fall and then.
0: I'm out in the spring. I watch every spring football league until it dies. All right, we've got 30 seconds. Mike in Clarksville was kind enough to check in. Mike, hey, we got to, we got to go soon. What you got, brother? Hey, bud, just want to let you – get everybody just back up off the ledge for us here right now. You know, the R-E-L-A-X thing. Wife and I were in the stadium yesterday, first time in quite some time. Uh, we didn't quite last the whole game, but it got just you – yeah, know, we got out of there. But it, it – they're gonna be all right. I mean, it's just gotta get through this little bump, and
2: and then we're gonna head on in. So everybody, back up, slow down, relax. Let's let's. See what happens next two weeks. I mean, we get a week off. so a little Mike. therapy
1: to end the show, Nikki. Yeah. It's
0: a perfect call. Everybody the sun is shining. Mike tells you to relax. It's Frankie Thanksgiving, says Thanksgiving, baby. We
1: got football coming up on Thursday. We get to watch the freaking Lions play. Let's do it.
0: Hey, <laughs> uh, Hitman out this week. Alex will be here tomorrow and Wednesday. Can't wait to get back at it tomorrow. In the meantime, 3HL coming up next like right here. Hitman
1: would say peace.
0: Peace.